welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Psukim Aleph through Tess. My understanding is that the primary message of these psukim, of this passage, of this paragraph is God is calling upon us through a prophet to think, to rethink the basic attitudes, our basic, the attitudes that are like the foundation of the way we look at the world, the way, identif- the way we identify ourselves, the way we see ourselves in our standing, in our relationship with God. And the prophet is calling upon us to rethink all of those. Chazoin Yishayo ben Amites, the vision of Yishayo, Isaiah, the son of Amites, Asher Chaza, this vision that he had, that he saw, Al Yehuda of Yerushalayim. Yehuda was the southern of the two kingdoms that the Jewish people lived in. The land of Israel was divided into two after the death of Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon. Yehuda was the southern province of Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim, the city of Yerushalayim, was the capital of that southern province. Bimei, in the days of Uziyahu Yoisam, Acha Malcha Yehuda. These four kings of Yehuda. So Yeshayo Anavi, Isaiah the prophet, spoke his prophecy in the days of these four kings, Uziyahu Yoisam, Achaz, and Yechizkiyahu. Shimu Shamayim. Listen, heavens. He's talking to the sky that it should listen to him. Vahazini Eretz. He's talking to the earth. Eretz is the earth. Pay heed. Bend your ear to what I'm about to say, says, says the prophet. The point of using these metaphors, it reminds us of Moses' usage of these same words in Deuteronomy 32, Sefer Dvarim, Lamed Beis, where Moses calls as his witness heaven and earth. And this helps us understand the idea that the Jewish people's relationship with God is central to God's plan for all of creation, for all of existence. In the book of Jeremiah, Yermio, it says, Had it not been for my covenant by day and night, in other words, had it not been for God's covenant with the Jewish people, then he wouldn't have set in place the laws, the physics, the laws of physics of heaven and earth. In other words, the relationship that God has with the Jewish people and the living out of that relationship is central to God's plan for all of existence. And that's what Yeshaya, Isaiah is reminding us by using these words over here. Ki Hashem Diber. He's calling to the heavens. He's calling to the earth. They should listen because it's God, the Lord has spoken. Banim gidalti viremamti. Banim, children, sons, gidalti, I've raised them. Viremamti, I lifted them up. I exalted them. In other words, Gidal, raising them, would just be their their general development. Reimim would be to pick them up even higher, honor, prestige. And God blessed the Jewish people with His His law, His Torah, His commandments, and all that raised and brought the Jewish people to spiritual heights. He developed them physically as well as a nation. Vehem Pashubi, and they have rebelled against me, 
Pashus now often we're going to have this throughout the book is that this the English words are not exactly a perfect translation of the Hebrew. In this case, Pesheyad is not Morad. Morad is the word which is more directly and more accurately translated as rebel. Pasha would be more like Yitzio Mirshos in Hebrew, which means going out from beneath the authority, rejecting the authority, which is a type of rebellion, but God's argument against the Jewish people is they have rejected my authority. Yoda, I'm going to continue the words of the prophet, Yoda shur kaneu vachamar evus ba'olav. Yoda, he, know, he knows. Shur, the ox knows. Kaneu, his master. Vachamar, and the donkey, evus ba'olav, the feeding trough of his owner. And the word Yoda applies in the second phrase in the verse as well. The donkey knows the feeding trough of his master. These animals understand, the ox even can identify his master, the donkey at least knows where he can find his food. Yisrael loyoda, Israel did not know, the prophet is telling us. Ami, my nation, that's God's nation, that's Israel, loyisbainan, didn't think, didn't analyze. And this I think is the primary message over here, which is you should know what your identity is, who you belong to, who owns you. And you should know, if you didn't figure that out, at least know what's beneficial for you. Think, just analyze and use your mind to think what is beneficial, what's worth it for you to do and not to do. And Israel didn't isn't doing that. In other words, again, whatever spiritual level we are on, God is calling upon us to improve and to grow in our understanding of and, and that innate knowledge, God is your master. And it's it's just worth it for you. It's just beneficial for you to serve him. I'm continuing with the words of the prophet. Hoy. Hoy is an emotional cry. Here it's a, a cry of pain. Goy choyte. Sinful nation. Am. A people. Keved avain. That is heavy with transgression. Zera mereim. Seed that does evil. Bonim mashchisim. Children that are destructive. These are all expressions the Jewish people didn't think of themselves in these terms, and perhaps we don't think of ourselves in these terms, but the prophet is telling us that this is how he is looking at us, as a sinful nation, destructive children. And we might think that our, you know, lack of, of uh, you know, our whatever we're missing, the service of God doesn't redefine us. It does. The prophet is telling us to change the way you, you change your name. Ozu Hashem, they have abandoned God, niatsu. The word niatsu can be translated as angered. It can also be translated as disparaged, to make light of, to look down at. As Kedosh Yisrael, the Holy One of Israel, a reference to God. Nazairu Achar, they pulled back, they pulled away from the service of God. They, they pulled back. The Vilna Gain explains that there are three basic attitudes and feelings that we are called upon to display and to bring forth in our relationship with God. One is dveikus, cleaving to God. One is yira, awe and reverence for God. And one is ava, love for God. And here the prophet is rebuking us and telling us that each of these three attitudes, we did the opposite. Uzvu es Hashem, abandoning God, is the opposite of dveikus, cleaving to God looking down and making light of and disparaging God is the opposite of awe and reverence. 
and nazeru ochar, to pull back as if it's distasteful, is the opposite of love. So we're, we're called upon to change our basic attitudes in these three realms. The Prophet continues, Almes suku, what are you being hit for? Oid taisifu sara, you continue, you yet continue to stray, to wander off, to go off the path that you're supposed to be on. And here again, the Prophet is calling upon us to adjust the way we think. When we are being punished, when we're being hurt, when things aren't working out for us, we're supposed to stop and think that this calls for change. This calls for rethinking and re-evaluating the way we see the world, the way we feel about the world, the way we feel about our relationship with God. And here God is complaining, I'm hitting you, and it doesn't do anything. What, what's the point of my hitting you and causing you pain and suffering? It, all you're, you're doing is continue to rebel and continue to stray. It would imply that we're straying even further. Every head sickness, every heart grief. Every heart grief. In other words, we're, we're, we're suffering terribly, and yet we didn't get the message. Verse 6, from the bottom of our feet. Or the bottom of the foot, the adrash until the head. Ain by misaim. There is no uh, whole part in him. Speaking about the people of Israel, as if they're one person. Petsa vechabura umaka tria. There's a three descriptions of different wounds. Petsa is generally a open wound, as something would be caused by a cut from a knife, a sword. Chabura is like a bruise under the skin, in the flesh. And makatria is something like a, a a a wound that is like infected. It's something like from inside the body. It's it's producing pus and and uh, and ruining the flesh. And again, this is a parable for for it could be describing the suffering, different levels of suffering. It could also be describing different levels of spiritual illness more of a surface illness, perhaps, just a bad habit, just an action, as or deeper than that would be attitudes and character traits and thought processes that are wrong and sinful. Two ways to translate that word. Zeru could mean powder wasn't put on. The word loy means not. Zeru. What does that word mean? It means that powder wasn't put on the wound or it wasn't squeezed out. Certain wounds are treated by squeezing out the pus. They weren't bandaged. They weren't softened with oil. These are different steps that are taken to treat a wound. And assuming that the wounds that we're speaking of are spiritual wounds, there are different levels and different aspects of repentance, of of people dealing with sin whether it's studying words that will inspire you to change your ways or whatever it might be, there are different levels of, of, you know, taking steps to change our ways. And here the prophet is rebuking us that we haven't taken those steps. Artsechem Shemama, the prophet continues, your land is desolate. Arechem, your cities, Srufais Esh, are burnt by fire. Admaschem, your land, your ground, 
The word Arzachem earlier in the verse would be more of a reference to the country in general. Admasachem would be speaking about the ground as a place for agriculture. Lenegdechem, right in front of you, Zarem Eichlamaisa. Zarem are strangers. Eichlamaisa are consuming it, are eating it up. Ushmama, and it's all desolate. Kema Pecha Zarem, like that which strangers have turned over. The, the point of strangers turning the place over is when people invade a country and they're planning to take over the country so they don't really destroy the country because they, they want to reap the benefits of the country. But if people that are not planning to take over the country, other strangers come in, they just wreck the whole place. And the prophet is describing that the land is desolate and we're being punished. And, and this is supposed to bring us to understand that God is not happy with the way we're, we're, we're acting and we need to change not only the way we're acting, but the way we're thinking and the way we see ourselves, the, the foundational thought processes that make up the basis of the way we live our lives. She will remain the daughter of Zion, which is Jerusalem, or the Jewish people as a whole. Like a hut, in a vineyard. Muna is a small hut that was meant for sleeping overnight. Bemiksha is a cucumber or a squash field. Like a city that is besieged. Another interpretation, a city that's destroyed. There are actually two completely different ways of reading this verse. One way of reading the verse is that Zion will remain desolate, just like the hut in the vineyard, the little hut in the vegetable patch where the watchmen are there during the season of the grapes. They're there, they're, the watchman stays there during the season of the growing of the vegetables. But when that season over is over, he leaves and it's empty. And the same thing with a besieged city. The people who besieged the city put their structures, their little huts and tents all around the city. But when they finish besieging the city, they leave all those structures there and it remains empty and desolate. And that's how Zion will be. This, if, if that is the interpretation, it's a reference to what will take place when the temple is ultimately destroyed a, a long time, about 150 years after the after Isaiah spoke these words, after Yeshua spoke these words, another way of understanding it is that Jerusalem will remain alone. They'll be left alone. They'll be all alone. And this would be a reference to the times of Chizkiyo Amalek, King Hezekiah, when all the cities of Judah, of, of the southern province, were captured by the Assyrian king, and only Jerusalem remained. So either way, it's describing a time when the country is suffering destruction by in, an, an invading army and the point of it is is that this is going to happen us to us or it is happening to us and it's a call for us to change the way we think about the world to change the way we think about ourselves the foundational thought processes the foundational attitudes that we have need to be fixed up need to be adjusted the prophet finishes this little paragraph by stating the following, Lule, had it not been for Hashem Tzavakais, the Lord of hosts, that's God, that he left us a small remnant. And this remnant could be a reference physically, the fact that there are some survivors to the onslaught, to whatever destruction we faced. And it could be a reference to spiritual survivors, meaning to say is that God took care and made sure 
and orchestrated that there should be people left in the nation that do have the right attitudes or could guide the people in the right way. We didn't fail completely, and this is a blessing from God. It's it's God intervening. It's not our own actions. We can't take credit for this. Had it not been for that, we would have been compared to Sedaim and Amira, which were cities in the book of Genesis, and say for Bereshus, were completely destroyed without any survivors, and God didn't do this to us. He allowed some survivors, he allowed a remnant to remain from which where the nation could regrow both physically and spiritually.